Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 58 of the IT Career Energizer, a weekly podcast where I chat with inspiring IT professionals, consultants, and experts from around the world. To find out more about the podcast, visit itcareerenergizer.com. And remember to subscribe to get new episodes automatically downloaded to your device. And now let's chat with today's featured guest, Ada Bernier. Ada is founder and CEO of Skillcrush, an online tech education company that helps students make a career change into tech. Prior to founding Skillcrush, Ada worked as a developer building web applications for companies such as the New York Times and ProPublica. So Ada, can I ask you to expand on that brief bio and let, tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So um, I graduated college with a liberal arts degree, um, which had very little to do with technology. The only kind of small, tiny little uh, thing I had going for me in terms of tech was that I had learned how to use Adobe Photoshop because I'd been a digital photography major. Um, And after a couple of sort of uh, side steps or kind of, you know, attempts to do different jobs that didn't really work out. I ended up landing a job as a photo editor at an online magazine. And that was really my first um, intro into the tech world. Um, You know, then through a series of fortunate, unfortunate events, I ended up uh, getting laid off, then learning to code, then starting to work as a developer and, um, you know, doing awesome, amazing projects like the ones that you mentioned for the New York Times and ProPublica and other things. And then basically inspired by my own process of um, going from non-technical to technical and finding that it was not as difficult as I expected it to be and that there was so much to be gained um, by learning those skills that really inspired me to found Skill Crush and try to encourage more, um, more people in general, but a especially people who are sort of underrepresented in the tech community to learn the skills and take advantage of all the opportunities. So how long ago did you set up Skill Crush? Uh, we found it was founded in 2012. So five years. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting times. Yeah, of course. It's always, it's always exciting. Um, it's a roller coaster ride. For sure. Um, I think the only thing, you know, that changes is sort of your tolerance for it. So at this point, um, you know, new things come up and I'm less, um, you know, I'm less like perturbed by new problems as they come up. So I think that's a, that's a improvement. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Can you maybe tell us um, or share with us a unique career tip that the IT career energizer audience need to know and probably don't? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I was giving this some thought before I came to do this interview. And I think that it's really simple, but I also think it's often not obvious. I think that often, um, you know, obviously, we're all kind of operate from our own experience. And when we're looking at a career, we think about it in terms of what we can get out of it, right? Like, we're thinking about what do I enjoy doing? Um, you know, what kind of opportunities do I want, et cetera, which is 
totally what you should be doing and is the right thing to do. But the thing that you have to remember is that the employer, you know, employee, or even if you're starting your freelance business and you're looking for clients or something like that, um, it's always about what you can offer the other person. Like that's really the material of like what is being negotiated. Um, and I just think, you know, all of my success, both as an employee, as a freelancer, and now as a business owner comes from reorienting myself to thinking about who is it that is sort of the customer, quote unquote, in this situation. And if you're applying for a job, that would be your employer. Um, what is their problem? And how can I you know, take advantage of the skills that the unique skills and insight that I have to solve that problem and really positioning it in that way. Um, I just was recently interviewing candidates for a job actually like earlier this week. And we talked to this one candidate and she was, you know, really smart and really enthusiastic. Um, but she spent basically the entire interview talking about how much she loved Skillfresh the company and how much she wanted to work for it. And although I appreciate that, you know, it was like this funny irony where her extreme enthusiasm for my company was actually in the end working against her because like, that's not a reason for me to hire you. Like that doesn't do much for me. Um, and I think that was just a good example of where she very well may have had skills that would help with a lot of the problems I have, but instead of focusing and thinking about me, she was completely focused on herself in that interview. Um, so yeah, and I have a million examples for how we put this into practice every day at Skillcrush. But I just think like the more you can try to think about like what is the problem that the person on the end of the line is trying to solve, um, and how do you position what you have to offer in that way? If I summarize from my perspective, it's about exchanging value. So the, yeah. the person each end receives something out of that relationship or arrangement. Yeah, and like you know when you are trying to apply for a job or pitch yourself, like. I would focus relatively little on yourself and mostly on what the other person um, is looking for. Like I, another example is I was once looking for a video editor and I basically was so overwhelmed with video editing because at the time I used to have to video edit for Skill Crash that I literally didn't have time to hire the person. Like I just like I didn't even have time to like put up a job listing and interview people. And a friend of mine um, had a friend who was a video editor and she was like, you know, he tried to email you, um, but you haven't responded. And the thing was, is that what he had done is sent me an email of his portfolio talking about how artistic his work was. And I said to this, this mutual friend, I said, listen, like what I need him to do is email me. Like I have Adobe after, or I have Adobe premiere open right now. I'm ready to get started. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was just, it was this disconnect of him being like, I make beautiful videos. And I was like, I don't really give a, you know, uh, expletive. All I need right now is someone to like take these files and like chop them down for me. Um, but I, but it demonstrated to me that he didn't really understand what the job was and what I needed from him. And therefore that was disqualifying. Even if he may have made the most beautiful videos, you know, in the world. So. Okay. Can you maybe tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? Yes, I actually really enjoyed uh, thinking about this. Um, so, um, I mean, first of all, I just want to say that there are bad IT moments all of the time. Like, I think we've had like three of them in the last 24 hours. It's been particularly bad for a crash last 24 hours. Um, but, you know, things always go wrong. We're always deploying things and, you know, things are blowing up. And I think it's really important that people know that that is part of being in an IT career. Um, and there's lots of, you know, 
like Twitter threads where developers tell their like worst stories and they're pretty hilarious. But for me, the one that was most dramatic and it's so funny now to think about it because it was so minor in retrospect, but basically I was working as a photo editor at an online magazine and it was my first job in tech. And um, this was very early in my career. So I didn't really have a core understanding of how like all of it got stitched together. And um, I, I was tasked with the job of, of, selecting and curating photos for the cover of the email newsletter. And this was a company whose product was an email newsletter. And so that email newsletter went out to like, I don't even know what it was, probably like half a million people or something like that. Um, So it was June and um, I picked a photo in honor of gay pride. And it was, I don't think it was a racy photo. I think whether or not it was a racy photo was, um, definitely up for debate like this is not something where it was like clearly really problematic but basically what happened is it got sent out and the ceo of the company became like saw it and was very uncomfortable with the photo i had picked and asked that we take it down so then in kind of like a mad rush my manager just took the picture down and didn't replace it with anything so then the email went out with with a broken image in it um and my manager was basically like, you're going to get fired for this. This is the worst mistake ever. And I was like 22 and like, cry. you know, I don't think I was literally crying, but I thought it was the end of the world. And then luckily, um, one of the developers sort of took pity on us and, you know, just replaced the image like on the server, which probably wasn't a difficult thing to do. But for us was like, we didn't even know that that was the thing you could do and fixed, you know, the whole thing. Um, but I think there was a good 30 minutes where I thought like the world had ended because I had picked this <laughs> wrong photo. So. so what was the big learning from that experience? Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, I guess the learning was that uh, these things that one of the things, in te- you know, often with tech, these things are relatively easy to fix. Um, and I mean, the other learning that was interesting was that actually in the end, the CEO got a lot of blowback from the editorial team for having made this call, which a lot of them saw as homophobic. So it was also an interesting experience of thinking like I did this horrible thing and feeling so bad about it. And then sort of over the course of the next like day or two, sort of, you know, starting to, to have a more complicated view on it. So, um, yeah. Can you maybe take us to your career highlight or greatest success and tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm really lucky in that I, um, I feel like, you know, every year that I am able to continue to run Scale Crush, I get to sort of like, achieve a new career highlight. And, you know, one of the things for me was that, um, you know, as Scale Crush is both, it's a company who that has a very strong mission, which is that we want to empower um, women with technical skills in order to enter high earning careers. Um, but it also is something where I really want the company itself to sort of embody that mission um, and that ethos, meaning that I want to make sure that, um, you know, we're a diverse staff, that we, um, that people are paid really well, um, that we have good benefits and things like that. And I think for at least the first like two or three years, you know, we were largely bootstrapped. So we didn't have a lot of money in the bank, which meant that I had to keep costs really low and didn't necessarily like, I definitely felt sometimes like I was a little bit of a fraud, not that I was paying anyone like minimum wage, but it definitely are the salaries I could pay my staff were not commensurate with maybe what they could have gotten at another tech company. Um, and that was something that I felt really bad about. Um, 
And so this year we went through a big process. I actually, I guess it was at the end of last year, we went through a big process of creating salary tiers um, and sort of setting what we believed to be like appropriate compensation amounts that were um, competitive with the industry um, and that we felt good about. And then over the course of this year, we kind of had this thing where every month that we would be cash flow positive, we would take some portion of that cash flow to right size everyone's salary across the board um, to the tiers, which meant that over the course of about six months or so, um, most of my staff got monthly raises until we sort of got them up to the right level. Um, and it was incredibly, um, what's the word? It was really edifying for me. You know, it felt really good to be able to sort of realize that vision and be able to say, like, not only do I think that we are a company who, you know, does our mission, but I also feel like we, you know, I have a workplace where I feel like people are fairly compensated and it's transparent. And it's like a big part of it too, for me was that I did not have pay, like, like, I did not feel comfortable that there was true pay, like equity, like it had been a very messy process of setting salaries before that. So that was a big part of it. Um, so sort of being able to really like live up to my ideals in that realm um, was a great career highlight for me. What excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? There is so much that excites me. I mean, I think, you know, in a, on a super personal level, um, there, I just think that working in tech is like the most creative and exciting thing to do. Like you literally are often tasked with the, you know, the, the challenge and um, the project of take like where there is nothing creating something um, that, you know, improves people's lives, whether it's just by entertaining them or by helping them in some manner by like, you know, teaching them skills or making something more efficient. So I just think that there's like endless possibilities. Um, and I also really like the iterative aspect of technology. Like this just, there's nothing more fun to me than sort of this process of doing something getting feedback on it, improving it, and, like, rinsing and repeating. Um, in terms of, like, greater sort of world uh, cultural things, I think, like, there is – I think that, you know, as a barrier to tech gets ever lower, um, there's just a great opportunity to sort of level the playing field across a lot of different sort of constituent groups, like, whatever kind of – you know, class, race, gender, nationality, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think that is really exciting. And I think that like when used well, tech can really empower and enable a lot of really good things in the world. Um, so I'm excited about that. I think you make a good point about the fact that, that the um, the way tech now evolves or is, is developing is, is, is making things easier in terms of developing and deploying new software, for example, there's certainly the yeah. tools that are available now are far, far less um, cumbersome or technical than they used to be. And it makes it so much easier to actually create new, new solutions for people. Oh, totally. I mean, I went to, um, I went to this conference code newbie. I don't know if you've had Saran on this podcast. Um, 
but if not, you should. She's amazing. Um, but anyway, this guy spoke from, he currently works at Microsoft, but he was joking about how like, you know, people would be like, oh, like I spent like two hours to, you know, spinning up a thing on AWS and like blah, blah, blah. And he was like, that was the entire 90s for me. Like I spent the entire 90s doing that. <laughs> and I was just like, it's so true. Uh, so yes, it's, it's incredible um, and really exciting. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Um, you know, I think there was a lot of different things that came into play, but I would say like at its core, I just saw it as the natural extension. Like I just am a very creative person and I wanted to do a lot of things and it just seemed so clear to me that, you know, that tech was where all of the fun stuff was happening and that that toolkit was going to give me the most sort of, um, it was really going to empower me to have the most impact. What is the best career advice you've ever received? So this is pretty specific career advice, um, but the best, the truly the best career advice I ever received was that I at one point got laid off and what I was the advice I was given was that if you are out of work and looking for work, don't spend your whole day applying to jobs. Um, limit the time you apply to jobs to about an hour or two a day and then spend the rest of your time doing something else productive with your time. And um, that is the exact advice that eventually led me to decide to learn to take the rest of the day and learn how to code. And it totally changed my life. So I'm very thankful for that advice. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? I would uh, just go at it with like just full steam ahead without worrying so much. I think early on in my career, I spent a lot of time battling my own confidence issues and sort of worrying, you know, that I like wasn't going to be able to do it. I wasn't going to be able to learn it. Um, specifically, I think I like sort of hemmed and hawed about trying to learn JavaScript for like two years before I finally just like sucked it up and did it. Yep. Um, and I just think, you know, that just was wasted time and energy. And I just... I wouldn't do that. Although I'm still probably doing a different version of it now. So it's probably good advice for me to give myself. <laughs> <laughs> what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Yeah, I mean, this has obviously changed a lot as my role has shifted more and more from being kind of a um, individual contributor in terms of like pushing code or um, whatever. And now to more about being a, you know, a manager. So at this point in time, I'm really trying to work on my management skills, figuring out how do I become a better boss? How do I grow other people to become better bosses? Um, you know, how do I sort of, I'm, and I think this is true of a lot of people in IT and in especially developers and designers, like often your strength is really in the details. And um, that's definitely the case for me. So, you know, something I'm really having to work on is figuring out that sort of higher level um, management and strategy. Um, what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? A hundred percent like that focus on customer and customer, you know, I think in tech it's often called like customer discovery and customer development. Um, but sort of this idea of really understanding who is the end user of whatever it is you're creating and, you know, how do you identify their problems and how do you solve their problems? And then how do you verify that you're doing it and how do you improve your ability to do it? Um, I happen to love doing that. So it's worked out. And I just think every, you know, every success we've had at Scale Crash has been in some form inspired by us really being committed to customer discovery. So I think everyone should be doing it at all times because it's 
going to be the solution to all your problems. But it's really interesting to me. I mean, I think it's really, really common that people avoid it, um, which is really unfortunate. Can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? Yes. I mean, I think this is something that I think is very intuitive to people who work in development. But I really think that this sort of idea, which I think is core to any software project you work on, which is that it's always a work in progress and it's always a process of iteration, is true of really every aspect of your life, but in particular, your career. Um, And I think the more that you can start to approach your career, almost as if it's a software project where you're going to sort of like tinker on one aspect of it at a time and just kind of continuously learn and improve. Um, I think, you know, the further you'll get faster. Um, I think that sometimes like when things are less concrete, we have, we tend to like spend waste too much time trying to think our way out of a problem or out of a situation or into our next goal or whatever, when actually we should just be sort of like taking small steps towards that goal and adjusting as we go. Um, So the more that you can, start to think about your career in that in those terms i think the better off you're going to be and finally what's the best way we can find out more about you and potentially connect with you yeah so um i you can find me on twitter and on instagram at skill crash i think that's the best way and um if you're specifically looking to um look for a new job, um, which we were just reading a thing that says that um, the Gallup poll, which is an American poll, says that 51% of people are, are of employees are currently looking for new work, which kind of struck some fear in my heart as an employer. But um, um, if you're looking for a new job, we have a really good ebook that's all about um, how to land a new job specifically in the tech industry. Um, and you can take a look at that. It's totally free um, at skillcrush.com forward slash land the job. Great. Okay. Ad, thank you so much for joining me on the IT Career Energizer podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. My thanks to Ada for being my guest on today's show. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e58. In the next episode, I'll be talking with Bill Wagner, who is one of the world's foremost C-sharp developers and a member of the ECMA C-Sharp Standards Committee. You can get this and other future episodes automatically downloaded and available to play by simply subscribing to the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever streaming service you're using to listen. Thanks again for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.